Roundup with your host, Victor Beltran. Welcome, everyone. It's the weekly wrap up with me, Victor Beltran. Thanks for tuning in. Um, I hope you really liked the new logo. I had to give up 6% of my company for that logo, so it better get positive reviews or else I made a really stupid decision. Got a lot to talk about this week. Uh, we'll start off with the UFC, Whitaker versus Till. Um, I thought it was a really good card. Um, it had a, I had a lot of interesting matchups, and I think it delivered. I think uh, most of the fights were very entertaining. I'll start off with the... I'm not sure how to pronounce his name, but I believe it's Kamzat Shemaev versus Reese McKee. Um, Shemaev really reminds me of uh, of a Khabib. Um, his his style of I'm just gonna take take you down and pound the crap out of you really uh, really has been very effective in his last couple of fights. If you look at the stats, uh, Reese McKee didn't even get off a shot. Uh, it was like 64 strikes to zero. Um, he took him down immediately, and once he got him down, he could not get up, and it was uh, it was over fairly quickly. He's very impressive. Uh, I definitely see him uh, making a major impact in his division and probably fighting for uh, gold um, in the near future. I mean, the man fought twice in 10 days. I mean, that's crazy. Um, obviously he was able to do that because he didn't really sustain too much damage in either one, in either one of those fights. So, I mean, that in itself is impressive, right? To go, to get inside a cage with another, another killer and not really sustain damage. You really got to tip your hat to him. Uh, Shamayev is going to be a, a contender soon and you definitely have to keep a lookout for him. I think he's going to be, uh, fighting for the title, uh, probably within a year or so. Um, the next fight on the card was uh, Alex Oliveira versus Peter Sabata. And that, that was also a pretty one-sided fight. Uh, Oliveira was uh, uh, was able to use uh, his reach and and really really dominate the, the stand-up game. Uh, was able to land a lot of shots. And, uh, you know, it was, a, it was a fairly one-sided affair. I mean, Sabata had a couple of moments, but I really don't think that at any point in time Oliveira was in too much trouble. And uh, yeah, Oliveira was was uh, was very impressive in this fight. Um, I definitely uh, see him, you know, start rising a little bit. Maybe getting getting a couple of bigger fights. But you gotta you gotta definitely give your uh, tip your hat to him as well, as he was able to really control the fight and and get the win. Um, the fight that preceded that was uh, was Paul Craig versus uh, Antugalov and. Paul Craig with the triangle choke in, in the first round. Uh, that was a very impressive transition. Um, he was taking a lot of strikes, a lot of punishment, working on, on, on securing that triangle. You know, and as you're watching it, you really you really see how he, you know, he was able to control the body, control the head, trap the arm, and you know, he sustained, like I say, he sustained some damage and was actually able to withstand it and just you know, didn't let go of the of the uh, of the triangle until he was able to really, really sink it in deep. And after that, it, you know, it was only a matter of time before, you know, there was some tapping going. So, uh, Craig has looked has looked uh, impressive as of late, and and that was definitely a big fight for him. And he should definitely uh, also be rewarded rewarded with a uh, a big fight uh, in the future. 
another fight that I really was looking forward to, but I was a little bit disappointed in was a former UFC heavyweight champion Fabricio Verdum versus uh, Alexander Gustafsson. You know, you, you really helped. You really thought, that, and, and it, I find it weird. Gustafsson was actually the favorite coming into this fight, even though he, you know, he, he hasn't been fighting in a while. Uh, well, actually, both fighters have kind of haven't been too active. But I mean, Fabricio is a natural heavyweight, and Gustafsson was going up in, in you know from light heavyweight to heavyweight. So there's there's that issue. You know, he kind of looked a little flabby, wasn't in the best of shape. And, you know, Fabricio called it from the get-go. I'm, you know, I'm just going to take him down. You know, there's really no reason why we're going to uh, risk uh, getting, caught on, uh, getting caught on his feet. Um, you know, this guy is a, a two-time Abu Dhabi world champion in jiu-jitsu. So, I mean, as soon as he got him down, it, it was over fairly quickly. Um, you know, he set up the arm bar beautifully. And, and, you know, once he got it, that was it, you know. Uh, when you when you're on the ground with these world class jujitsu guys, I mean you you have to you have to find a way up. You just can't you just can't stay down there, especially a guy like Gustafsson who's not really known for being a uh, a ground fighter. And we and we saw that very clearly. You know, as soon as it went to the ground, matter of a minute or two, and it was over. Uh, Fabricio by submission. Um, you definitely, you know, this wasn't a huge uh, fight for Fabricio. You're, you're, really, you're really not going to see him rise in the ranks for defeating Gustafsson. Um, there's really no telling what he has left in the tank after that fight. So, I mean, maybe maybe he, he does get a, a bigger fight after that win uh, with, with a more comparable heavyweight. And, and we can see if he, still's got, if he still has it, you know. He, he hasn't fought for the title in a while. And it, it, it'd be, it would be nice to see uh, Fabricio go out on top, you know. Doesn't have you know too much mileage left, but he he looked good. He looked in shape, and like I said, when you have that type of jujitsu game, I mean you're always dangerous. So as long as he he can get the fight to the ground, he he always has a uh, a chance to win the fight. Um, the fight that preceded this one was the one that I was actually looking forward to the most: Mauricio Shogun Hua versus Antonio Rogerio Noguera, the rubber match, part three. Um, you know, I actually went back and rewatched the uh, the first two fights. Um, you know, the first one taking place in in Pride in, in in the tournament, which you know, arguably the greatest tournament of all time. Uh, and that was a war. Uh, I, I mean, I remember watching that fight live when it happened when it first aired here in the states, and it was just very surprising because you know, before that fight, you know, Mauricio was 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 known as a, as a a devastating striker. Um, you know, coming from sh- from shooter box, um, we all know what they do over there. They're they're, they're animals when 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 it comes to striking. Um, he's you know Muay Thai background, but Noguera was able to piece him up with some very nice combinations. You know, a lot of people don't realize Noguera. You know, he's a he's a Brazilian boxing champion. I mean, his hands are are very very nice, very crisp combinations. You know, Noguera dropped him a couple times in that first fight. Mauricio actually had to rely on his wrestling um, in that fight. He, you know, he realized that uh, his striking was not at the same level as Noguera, and he and he, he took him down. He really um, used his wrestling and, and his and his size. I think he's a little bit bigger than Noguera, and he was able to to take him down and uh, really control the fight. But he he actually uh, Shogun 
really won that fight. I mean, there's, uh, the other two fights, you can make an argument for Nogueira, but if you watch that fight, um, especially that last round, he, you know, he actually uh, dropped Nogueira and um, really finished the fight strong. And overall performance, I think you really have to give it to Mauricio in that fight. The second fight, however, was definitely a lot closer and could have gone either way. Um, it was actually more of the same. It was Nogueira really uh, dominating the stand-up with his, uh, with his boxing, and, and it was Shogun taking him down, you know, using, using that wrestling again. And, you know, I still actually had uh, Nogueira winning that fight. Um, he really had Hua in trouble um, on a couple of occasions. I mean, you can make the argument for a 10-8 round. So I would either have put it at a draw or given the fight to, to Nogueira, so that was kind of controversial, but this last fight, um, you know, that this was a, you know, Rogerio's last fight. He announced his retirement after the fight, and you know, I mean, I think he's like forty-two, forty-four years old, and he, and he still looked good, especially his boxing. You know, he was again, he was able to to outbox Mauricio. Um, he had him hurt early. You know, it was a very, very close fight. Probably the closest fight um, out of all three. I mean, total strikes, 78 to 75 in favor of Hua. Um, significant strikes, 54 to 46 in favor of Hua. And Hua had uh, two takedowns. So, you know, after you know when, I, when the fight first ended, um, I, I, I felt like no girl won that fight. But... It wasn't, you know, very controversial or, or anything like that. Um, you know, Mauricio landed some devastating uh, kicks throughout that fight. And, of course, the takedowns are huge when it comes to scoring. So um, I really couldn't get too upset with that decision. But I would I mean, I mean, it was his last fight. Come on, let's give the guy a break. You know, it's the third fight in this trilogy, very close trilogy. And... Uh, It'd be nice to have at least, you know, sent him off with the, with the victory. But, you know, life isn't always uh, fair. It doesn't go the way you want it to. And ultimately, like I said, it was very close. Could have gone either way. I would have probably given it to Noguero just because, again, he had him in trouble early. Um, I would have definitely given him at least one 10-8 round in that fight. And Mauricio definitely never had one of those. So, like I said, that fight itself should have been either a draw or a... Uh, decision for Noguera so but it was a great fight and I you know if you haven't really seen a lot of Noguera's older fights you know definitely get some um, some pride DVDs and uh, watch those fights um, the man um, you know he's he's as good as his brother maybe not as good as brother his brother definitely you know being champion for a while and being the best heavyweight in the world for for a little bit but you know he he held his own and um, he has a lot of great fights in his in, in his uh, career, and I would definitely encourage anyone to to check him out. Finally, the main event of that of that event was Robert Whitaker versus Darren Till. Um, I actually predicted Darren Till to win this fight. You know, I felt like you know he's the bigger man. Um, he's got that that reach advantage, but he just he wasn't able to put it together. Uh, Whitaker looked fantastic. His movement was there. I mean, you know, he's very very elusive and he, and his tempo all oh, that tempo is just it's so hard to deal with when you got a guy who just whose motor never goes out and he's just always pressing always pressing um it definitely was something that that bothered till and you, you and as the fight uh the fight went on 
you you could definitely see uh, who was the fresher fighter, um, who was more determined, and, and and ultimately Whitaker Whitaker got the W. I should have actually gone back and watched some of uh, Whitaker's other fights. Um, after the fight, I went back and saw him against uh, you know Yoel Romero. And uh, had I seen that fight, I would have definitely uh, gone with Whitaker because I had actually not seen uh, that fight. I'm referring to uh, uh, part two. I haven't seen the first fight, but I'm referring to the second fight. But that was that was a uh, I mean a brutal fight in itself. I mean Romero landed some heavy shots that that put him on the mat, and it was very close to being called. So I mean, if you can survive getting hit by 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 Romero, I mean, you you can pretty much take a shot from a truck. So um, that was that was a, a defining performance in Whitaker's career. I think it really showed what he's what he can do. So had I seen that fight, I would have probably gone with Whitaker. But uh, Whitaker looked very good. You know, he had that that layoff. Obviously, having two fights with Romero, that's going to take a physical toll on you. I mean, he said after the Romero fight, he had a broken hand. Um, so, I mean, it's just, it's just one of those things where I think he had to find focus. Um, he, he, I think he said he kind of lost a little bit of that, of that love for the, for the sport, but, but he's back and, and, uh, I mean, he, he can definitely give, a give, uh, Usman a run for his money. So, um, it's good to see him back. You know, he's still a young guy. He's still, he has a lot of fights left in him and it's good to see that he's, um, able to perform at that level. Let's talk about, uh, the announcement. Uh, UFC lightweight champion Khabib uh, will be facing uh, Justin Gaethje for the belt. Um, of course, Gaethje uh, defeated Ferguson for the interim belt, which you know we all know doesn't really mean anything. Um, you know, Khabib is a champion. Um, it's unfortunate he you know he lost his father um, recently uh, due to COVID. Um, so that, you know, that, that kind of really, uh, made him really kind of just focus on the bigger things of life, you know? Um, and he was, he was his hero, you know, losing him is, it was a big blow to him. And, uh, we, we, we didn't even know if he was going to fight again, but it's, it's nice to see that, that he's going to come back and, and, uh, defend that belt against Gaethje I'm I'm looking and oh man it's going to be a great fight and you know he's also uh, he's saying that you know his he's probably going to fight just two more times you know stay undefeated and, and you know if he's able to get past Gaethje George St. Pierre is in the wings um those rumors have been verified I mean I I like Gaethje right but I'm I'm really going to just pull for Khabib cuz who doesn't want to see that super fight you know GSP versus Khabib like two incredible wrestlers going at it you know that's that would be an awesome fight and um we you know we got to see it we definitely got to see it so um i'm just going to pull for khabib in that fight and uh hopefully we get this super fight that we i mean who doesn't want to see gsp back right i mean the man gives us a little tease he comes back wins the belt and then retires again it's like come on come on give give us more gsp give give us more we know you're still training we know you're a monster so definitely looking forward to to the outcome of that fight and see what type of uh, what type of dominoes fall after that. Well, let's do a little pivot and uh, let's talk a little bit about baseball, right? Baseball is back. Um, Mookie Betts just signed a very lucrative deal. Um, 12-year, 
$365 million, which is the second richest total in baseball history, even besting Mike Trout's extension of $360 million. The $65 million signing bonus is the biggest. I don't think it was a smart move to give him that kind of money. I mean, I guess when it comes to baseball, you can get away with it, right? You can just pay the luxury tax if you go over the cap. Um, so I can't knock them too much. Um, I mean, I've gone on the record. I am a diehard Yankee fan. I mean, you know what we do. We just gave Garrett Cole just a ridiculous contract. But granted, he's Garrett Cole. I mean, he's a starting pitcher. Um, his importance in the playoffs is definitely going to be bigger than Mookie Betts. So I think that's a little bit more justified. But I mean, I, I'm, not, I'm definitely not going to knock Mookie. Get your money. Get your money. You know, it's, it's what the market, you got you to gotta go with the market, you know, and, and if someone's willing to give you that kind of money, especially you're playing for the Dodgers, you know, one of the favorites to come out of, of the, uh, of the National League. So, you know, I mean, me personally, would I have given that kind of money? No, but I mean, you definitely, you definitely have to understand it, right? You have to understand that, uh, I mean, the Dodgers have come so close to winning a World Series recently and, I mean, they're desperate right now, right? You know, Kershaw, his window's closing. So, I mean, you got to make a move now, right? So, I understand it. I definitely understand it. I mean, I'm sure uh, I'm sure Boston's relieved, right? I mean, the whole reason why they traded him was because they're not going to give him this kind of money. So, seeing Mookie sign this uh, huge deal is kind of a big relief for the Red Sox, right? They're like, oh, okay. Well, I'm glad he left. I'm glad we traded him because we, we sure the hell weren't going to give him that kind of money. So, you know, at least they got something in return for him. So we got 17, as of right now, 17 Marlins testing positive for COVID. I mean, at first, when it, when, when it initially happened, there was this huge concern about, you know, the season being in jeopardy. As more information is coming out, as, as the MLB is making announcements, uh, I mean, I think they're just going to say, uh, all right, uh, Miami, you guys are just going to chill for uh, for the next six games and wait till you get, get everything under control. And then <laughs> I guess and then you got to play a crap load of games um, to make up for those six games. Right. I mean, the schedule has already been condensed to 60 games and now you're missing six games due to the corona. I mean, you're definitely probably going to see a lot of uh, double headers in a day you know, just to make up for it. So definitely going to put a toll on, on the Marlins. You know, it's just interesting on how the NBA was the only team to institute the bubble. I, I really just don't see how this won't happen again. I mean, maybe players take this as, as, a, as a warning, right? And maybe um, they, they take care of themselves a little bit better. But I mean, these these are these are young rich men, right? I mean, they. I mean, we we see what's happening in the country. Um, people don't, people are you know being careless. So I don't see why it would uh, not happen in baseball or in football. You know, football season's about about to start here real, real shortly, and uh, you know you got people starting to uh, report to the facilities. So um, I, I just I don't see how. Um, there won't be another outbreak. You got you got players traveling. You got you know players all in different parts of the country. You don't know what they're doing when when they're not at the facilities. What you know? So 
it, it's it's very and, and it's just not what the players are doing, right? I mean, I, I think the important thing is players can be precautionary. They can they can do what they got to do, you know, stay away from high risk areas. But you know, players have spouses. You know, players have kids, so they can get get it from from their from their significant other or from their kid. And all of a sudden, you know, they got it, even though they took all the proper precautions. So it's going to be interesting to see how this all plays out. I mean, I'm hoping that um, they're able to take care of this and this shows, uh, you know, this sets a precedent for how the NFL handles it and how baseball handles it, you know, in the future. But I don't know, man. I just, I really, I hope that the season doesn't end up getting canceled again, but I just, I wouldn't be surprised, you know? I mean, especially, can you imagine something like this happening in the playoffs? <laughs> you know, like in the World Series, all of a sudden you have to, you know, delay the World Series or you have to delay a postseason series. I mean, it could really present some issues in the future. So, you know, hopefully, you know, obviously the coronavirus is is, is going to be less dangerous uh, in terms of uh, the infection rates with, you know, the numbers are going to, uh, you know, indubitably they're going to go down. And as the season progresses, hopefully it helps out the players and the disease uh, is, is a little bit control, it's controlled better and they're able to finish the season. I think anyone listening to this, I mean, is in agreement with that, right? We've been without sports for so long and now here's a, a glimmer of hope and, you know, we definitely don't want to jeopardize, you know. Uh, I think the NBA has done it the best. I mean, I, I love what the NBA is doing, Uh you know, they, the last time they tested everybody, I mean, it was like 300 and something people with zero positive results. I mean, you're in a freaking bubble. Where, where are you going to go? What are you going to do? You know, everyone in this bubble doesn't have it. So pretty confident we'll get to see a, a NBA championship this year. I can't say the same thing about uh, baseball or even about football, you know, next February. In, in February, I, I can't, can't be 100% sure that we're going to have a Super Bowl, you know. But let's keep our fingers crossed and hope that uh, there's not another outbreak and uh, we can actually have a World Series champion crowned and a Super Bowl champion crowned for uh, this season. Another huge announcement that was made, Mike Tyson versus Roy Joins Jr. in a eight-round exhibition match. I was definitely surprised when I uh, you know, heard it was going to be Roy Jones fighting Mike. Um, I'm sure we all knew that Iron Mike was going to fight somebody. He was just kind of being hush-hush about it. Um, and, and I was doing some some reading, and it turns out apparently he was to fo- he was supposed to fight Bob Sapp, which which he would have just knocked him. He would have knocked Bob Sapp out. You know, if you're not familiar with Bob Sapp, uh, the first time I heard of him, I mean, he's a form. He, first of all, the man's a, a walking you know specimen. He's he's a giant man, ripped out of his mind you know, big, big, strong man, but, you know, he doesn't have the mechanics, right? He doesn't have the movement to really be a a great striker. And, you know, I saw him make him his MMA debut in Pride. And, you know, whenever they put him, you know, up against like a little Japanese dude, he was able to beat the crap out of him. But anytime they put him against a a, a seasoned veteran, um, regardless of the size, you know, he always, nine times out of 10, he lost because, you know, he, he's he's just a big dude. Like, he's not a fighter. Mike Tyson would have knocked his ass out. I, I'm fairly confident of that. But that's not happening. I don't know what happened with that, but it's not happening. Now we're doing Roy Jones Jr. 
And a lot of people, I mean, I haven't heard anyone pick Roy Jones. Everyone I've talked to says Mike Tyson by knockout. But I'm thinking, I'm thinking as of now, even though I haven't seen any footage of Roy Jones, um, I'm going to have to go with Roy Jones in this one. I think he'll get the knockout, uh, mainly because Roy Jones fought in 2018, you know, a couple years ago. Mike hasn't had a fight since June of 05, you know, 15 years. It's a long, long time to be out of that ring. Granted, I've seen his videos and he looks amazing. There's just, there's no denying that. Um, the combos look nice. The speed is there. But let's not, let's not get it twisted. I mean, he's doing this in the gym with his trainer. So he, he's just hitting pads, right? There's a big difference between doing that in training and doing that in live action fighting. And I just think that once he gets in that ring with Roy Jones, it's not going to be the same. You know, he, I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. He looks great. You know, he, he looks slim, trim. Like I said, you know, power is always the last thing to go. So we know he's definitely going to have that knockout power. So, I mean, it could happen. I mean, Mike, Mike could knock him out. I mean, if I, if I, I want Mike to win, you know, I'm a huge, um, I wasn't always a huge Tyson fan in the beginning, but, you know, the new Tyson, um, he's just a very, uh, humble guy now, very calm, chill. So I definitely like the new Tyson. It'd be nice to see him knock out Roy Jones. It would. I wouldn't be upset about that. But if I had a, if I had a, you know, put a little money on it, I'd probably put it on Roy Jones. You know, it just, just because of the more recent activity. Um, he's also younger. You know, he's three years younger than Mike, even though they're both over fifty. I, 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 I would just give the slight edge to Roy Jones for this particular matchup. Well, kids, that pretty much wraps it up for this episode. Trying to keep it a little bit shorter, a little bit more condensed. Um, I know an hour, hour and a half is a little bit long, but especially since I don't have a co-host right now, you know, it's just me talking to myself. So I, f- I feel like if I did this for an hour and a half, I might have to seek uh, psychological help. And that's a terrible joke. Well, folks, it was a pleasure. Thanks for tuning in. Next week, I might have a co-host. I might not. We'll see. Hope you enjoy the logo, and uh, y'all have a good one.